Welcome to The How of Business with David Begin and Henry Lopez, the podcast that offers practical advice and tips on how to run and grow your small business. The How of Business helps aspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners achieve their definition of success and overcome challenges that get in their way. This podcast series focuses on the everyday common business issues, challenges, and opportunities that face the small business owner. So here now are your hosts of The How of Business, David and Henry. Welcome to this episode of The How of Business. This is Henry Lopez, and I have with me here today my guest, Drew Tadia. Drew, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Henry. I appreciate the opportunity to come in and talk to your audience a little bit here. Absolutely. We're glad to have you. Uh, Drew is an entrepreneur in the health and fitness field, and his mission is to share knowledge on clean lifestyles and healthy living uh, with as many people as possible. Uh, Drew traveled the world as a professional athlete coming from Canada through the U.S. and overseas into Australia and Germany following his dreams and passion as a baseball player. Uh, But he has also then gone on to design or is the designer of Complete Truth Protein. That's a product that he offers that we'll chat about. He's the host of the radio talk show Exploring Mind and Body, which has been on the air, I believe, for over five years. Is that right? That's correct. Yep. And the a podcast by the same name. And he's the author of a book, Detoxify Yourself, which uh, is available on Amazon. Uh, in this episode, we're going to chat with Drew about his entrepreneurial journey. Obviously, he was an athlete and how he transitioned into creating a business out of that and the successful business that he has today. He's a radio show and podcast host, as I mentioned. We're going to chat about, in particular, product development, how he brought that particular protein product to market, the process of writing his book. So we're going to talk about those topics and uh, his his suggestions for stress and lifestyle detox. So we want to get his input on that because as small business owners, we're obviously challenged with that. And then some of his general keys to his success in business and in his personal life. So once again, Drew Tadia, welcome to the show. Thanks, Henry. I'm looking forward to sharing some of my experience, success, and failures with some of your with your audience here. Excellent, wonderful. So um, let's start at the beginning. You were in school. You were an athlete. Uh, what what was your aspiration back then as to what you wanted to do when you grew up? Well, I grew up here in Canada, and I was an athlete. I, as far as I can remember, I always had a ball, a stick, or a bat in my <laughs> hand. I watched professional sports on TV, and we, you know, we we mimic that whatever they did. So, I got a little bit older, and I, I carried on with sports, and that, that was my goal. I wanted to be a a college athlete. I wanted to be a professional athlete, and that's the direction I was, you know, fortunate to continue to follow as I as I grew up and got through, you know, high school and and into college there. And you you attended, I think, uh, Northern State University in South Dakota. Is that correct? I did. I went to a couple different colleges. I went to a junior college in Northern California, and then I went to Northern State University in South Dakota, and then I ended up back in California, Southern California, before I, I suppose, moved up the ranks and played some professional ball and then over overseas as well. Okay, so you did get to play professionally. I did. Yeah, it was a it was a crazy experience. It, I had the opportunity to, you know, travel all over the U.S., travel the world, and I always say they, everybody thinks it's a bit more glamorous than it is. No. I always say they paid us enough to keep you hungry. So that's that's when my entrepreneur life kind of took off and I realized that it's time to make a change in my life. 
Yeah, yeah. No, I imagine sacrifice uh, and discipline was were big things you had to learn back in that era. Yeah, and that, that's it's so beneficial now. I look back and I suppose I was almost being molded to be an entrepreneur, learning how to be you know rejected on a daily basis and going through all the failures. And that's something that we deal with as entrepreneurs, you know, day in and day out. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, so, but the thing I always uh, find interesting, I, I've had an opportunity to chat with other folks who've made that transition from athlete to a business. Is it's not that simple. Not everybody is able to make that uh, leap and and make that translation. How do you think you were able to take what you learned as an athlete and turn that into a business? What what? How were you able to translate that? I suppose it was that focus you were talking about. It's that determination. It was not taking no for an answer. I mean, we grew up as an athlete in a highly competitive world. And the only way, I mean, no one's going to promote for you at that level. No one's going to get you there. You have to, you have to put in the hours, you have to put in the time and effort. And starting my own business, I realized that that's what it takes. It's, you know, it's, it's day in and day out. There are no breaks in business. There's no off season. There's no timeouts. There's no, you know, there's no breaks. There's always competition. There's always reasons to push forward and find new ways to grow your business. Yeah. And that's an interesting point you touch on. I have a friend of mine whose son, he's in high school and he's certainly aspiring to be a baseball player as well. And, and you touched on something that's interesting. It took me a while to learn this lesson of self-promotion. In other words, we, we tend to sometimes, especially if you're introverted, which I believe you are and I am, you expect that my, my work will speak for me and people will find me, but it doesn't quite work that way, right? And it certainly doesn't work that way in business. <laughs> that would be fantastic. You know, I think that deep down, maybe and as an athlete or a business owner, whatever it is, you think that if I'm good enough, someone's going to see me, someone's going to find me. And that's not, not the reality of it. As an athlete, you have to learn how to promote. Unless you're, you know, unless you're making millions of dollars, you have an, you have an agent, you have someone representing you, but that's not how it works. You know, you have to go and find teams. You have to sell yourself. Not only do you have to perform on the field, you have to perform off the field as well. And it's no different with business. I, I designed one of my first products and I quickly learned the hard way that you can have the best product in the world, but if no one knows about it, there's, there's no point in having the product. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So when did you hit that wall that you realized, okay, my professional career is over and it's time to move on? Did that happen suddenly? Did you come to it over time? Tell us about that period of time. You know, I think that these times are always there. They're kind of always ups and downs. They feel like sometimes they feel like successes. Sometimes they feel like failures. In this situation, you know, personally, I feel like they always end up, you know, for a reason. There's always they always end up for the for the best. And in this situation, I had a contract that fell through. I was supposed to go back to Europe, and it didn't work out. We have to go through our own negotiations. We have to figure out both sides how that how it's going to work. How we're both happy and. We didn't come to that agreement, so I thought I'm going to take this summer off, and I'm going to I'm going to start running my own business. I need to. I should mention that I didn't take a break. Most times you have a season, then you have a few months off, or maybe four or six months off. I went from California to Canada to Australia, which has the opposite season of us. Then I went to 
Germany and then back to Arizona in the U.S. So for a winter league. So I, I, I was a good two years there where I didn't have an off season wow. and I was traveling around. They give you a call and you, you, know, you pack up your bags. You basically live out of a suitcase and you're driving across the country. And I took a break just for a moment. And I thought, I'm just going to relax. I'm just going to relax. I'm going to make some money. I'm going to run a business. And I thought, just took a breath. And I said, wow, this, is, this isn't so bad. It's not so bad not being on the road all the time always in constant you know stress of competition and performance of what we deal with on a daily basis as an athlete and i just started running fitness classes to be honest with you i started i started running fitness classes and then from there it went to i knew that i knew that to advertise with with this business being in this town everyone said they everyone reads the newspaper and they listen to the radio so I thought I started writing articles. I just kept sending them in, sending them in. And then every once in a while, they publish one to the newspaper. And then I went to the radio station and I kept asking them. I actually wanted to trade some some information for airtime because mm. I didn't have money to start my business. Okay. And they said no. <laughs> <laughs> so it, I thought it was a great idea, but yeah. it wasn't. <laughs> we both didn't think it was a great idea. No, no. Fantastic. So did you feel that did you struggle or how much did you struggle with that identity that you had as an athlete or did you worry, did you slowly come into realizing I need to have a second career here, something beyond that? But a lot of athletes I know struggle with that. That's who you are. It's, it's what you're about. And then all of a sudden you can't do that anymore. Yeah, that's a great question. I think I still struggle with it. I think that all athletes go through that especially, I mean, that was my whole life. I train off-season. I train when I had an off-season. I trained three times a day. And when you're during season, you're always traveling. You're always, I mean, that's your life. That's who you are. And I suppose it wasn't, for me, it wasn't a choice. It was, I suppose I could have been in denial a bit, but I decided I thought I was going to go back when winter came up here. I was going to go back to Australia. Well, it just so happened that's when I, I was working for months to get on the radio when I finally got on the radio. And then from there, I said, "Well, maybe I'll take I'll take this I'll take this summer off, or I'll take this winter off from Australia, and I'll go back in the summer." Well, all fall I wrote a book, and then right when summer came, I was supposed to go to spring training. I, I launched my book, so it wasn't a, a clear decision. And there's all, always things that you know that you struggle with as an athlete, and, and finding ways to compete because it's it's so deeply ingrained in you. But I think business has replaced that in a big way, and gives me that opportunity to you know hone my craft and continue to push forward and compete at whatever level I want to. Yeah, and as we've talked about, there's so many things that have translated over that you learned being an athlete, so that that works for you. I listened to an episode you were on some other another podcast, and you mentioned that you consider yourself an introvert. Did I get that right? That's that's the way you would classify yourself as an introvert. I'm getting a little bit better, but absolutely. You were, you were talking about how hard it is to have small talk, and that that's a challenge for me as well. Um, <laughs> even though I've you know I've been in sales and marketing, and, and when I'm on, when especially when I'm paid to be on, I'm, I can be the most charming person. But you put me in a social setting where I don't know anybody, and I'm usually off by the corner. How have you overcome that, and and how has that affected you in the business world? You know, I suppose just like what you're saying, if you, if I don't know anyone, it doesn't matter. You know, I'm in a in a town. More and more people are starting to know who I am. There's a good chance when I'm out, uh, you know, I'm I'm known for whatever reason, and 
you know, that's, <laughs> that's a bit troubling when, if I don't know people, I'm, and especially if they know me, it's, it's, you know, it's unnerving, I suppose. And that's something I continue to work on. I suppose when you're in the business world, when, you, when I know that, um, it's just like a game. I'm mentally preparing myself to know that you and I are going to sit here and, and have this conversation and I'm excited about it and I want to do it. But if you put me in a, in a crowd for a whole bunch of people, I don't really want to know. You know, I'm not. I'm not going to go and introduce myself. I'm not going to try to be the center of attention. That's that's just not who I am. Yeah, you know, I understand. It's it's a challenge, and like you said, the, the way I tackle it is I kind of I'll kind of mentally prepare ahead of time. I'll think, okay, I'm going to force myself to go introduce myself to someone. Again, it's not like I'm having a panic attack. That's those days are long gone. But it it does take an effort, a concerted and mindful effort, to engage with others in those settings. Um, yeah, absolutely. And then I asked way. you where you were before we went on the air, but uh, tell our listeners where we are speaking with you today. Where are you located? I'm just outside of Calgary, Alberta. In a small town there, or is it a suburb of Calgary? Technically? Yeah, it's about 30, 40 minutes just north of Calgary. It's called Old Alberta. Okay, excellent. All right, so let's chat about the radio show. You've been at it for five years, which is a quite a long time. How did you get into that? Why did you get into it? Tell us about that story. Yeah, radio was a, is a crazy kind of, you know, like I was saying that I just needed to find a way to market. And, I, and I, as we're talking about, I wasn't, we grew up in, in the athletic world where you talk to your teammates. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's it. You usually, you never talk to management. If you talk to a coach, he's probably yelling at you. <laughs> <laughs> so that, those authoritative figures, that's not something that we are used to. When I, I would compare that to going and talk to a station manager or um, a producer or someone that I'm trying to sell myself and or show to, and it's just completely out of my realm. I didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't know what to say. I'm, I was a quiet individual to begin with. So for me to go and knock on the door and say, hey, I got this idea, it really stretched my comfort zone. And, and basically, that's all I was doing. I said, I have this idea, and I think it'd be great if I shared my expertise with your audience, and we traded airtime. <laughs> and they said, no, we sell airtime here, son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yes. I mean, that's what, ra- that's what radio is, so I didn't know that. And I talked to my producer even years later, even today, he'll tell you that. He, he's like, once I knew that you weren't going to go away, I worked out something that would be feasible for you to handle and, and for us to air as well. Okay, so you were persistent to, to the point of annoyance, and that's part of what got you in there is what I'm hearing. <laughs> that's If you want to sell yourself, if you want to achieve in life, you're going to have to stretch your comfort zone. You're going to have to help the other un, other side understand that you're committed and whatever it takes is, is what you're going to do. Yeah, no, it's great. So this came about because it's in that in that time frame where you were looking for different ways to promote yourself. And you had I think you had said you everybody looked to the newspaper and the radio. And that's where you figured I got to get on the radio then. Yeah, absolutely. Did, I, did I just, you think you'd be any good at it, or did you have experience in college, being on the air? What, what led you to think that you would be able to do it? <laughs> I have no idea. Thinking back, I had no experience. I thought I would do maybe a sixty-second ad, like a tip of the week. And my producer says, he said, "Well, how about we do a fifteen-minute show?" And and then my, of course, my face goes blank. And then a couple of days later, a couple of sleepless nights, I thought maybe I could pull this off. <laughs> and we sat in the studio. We did two sessions combined for eight hours. And we got 50, <laughs> we got a scrambled bit of my story and some tips in 15 minutes. <laughs> wow. 
is what we pulled out. So at that point in time, I think we both thought this was a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> but they let it continue somehow and you got good at it. Yeah, I just kept getting better. I think it's that persistence. I always talk about that persistent consistency. And that's, I mean, that's what my life's about. That's what my business has been about. And I just got, I got better. If you're in there, if you're committed, I remember the first couple shows, you know, we were all excited. My family and friends, we listened and I was a bit embarrassed. <laughs> and then it got, it got, at show about 10, it got a little bit better. At show 25, you could hear a clear difference. And then from there on, you know, we got to show 100 and we're like, wow. And that's when we put it up. We made a new website for it. We started putting it on podcast. And I suppose that was the turning point when I knew that I had something worth listening to and that could really help lives, improve lives. Yeah, Drew, it strikes me as you're a person that's not too worried about failure. You know, I think that everyone deals with failure on a different level. I suppose I was really conditioned for years. I, I played baseball. Baseball, you, you you fail three times out of 10, you're a success. And to be honest with you, I still struggle with failure. It's something that we deal with on on, on a level. I remember we're going to get into protein here in a second or whenever you're ready, but I went to a big trade show, invested thousands of dollars, and this was a sure thing. And I remember sitting in the fetal position mm. <laughs> three days after this big event wondering how I'm going to pay off my bills, how I was going to move my business forward and knowing that that was a, at the time, the biggest failure I'd ever, uh, ever been through. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It's so, it's all about mindset and how you deal with it and, and whether you let it paralyze you or not, but you certainly had that discipline and persistence from early on that you face that head on. It's not that you're not afraid of it, but that doesn't keep you from doing something anyway. Well, I think if we know going in, I mean, you know there's going to be failures. There's, there's going to be many more failures than successes, and that's just the reality of it. And, but the successes, are, are, are they're, they're worth it. They're so worth it. I remember how many phone calls I picked up to try to get on a new radio station and how many times I was told it's a bad idea, the show will never air. And now we're on three and we're moving forward. So, I mean, all those failures that we went through, they're so worth that that feeling of success and progress when you, know, when you succeed. Mm -hmm. All right. So now, like you mentioned, you're, you're syndicated, you're on multiple radio stations. What is the business side of the show? What, what does it do for you? Do, do you generate revenues? How? How does a generator help you with your business? It's really about, so radio in particular is about ad time. You know, we're, we're selling ad space. Now, I think that I have this structure that I can't wait to share. First of all, I want to be successful at it. And then I want to teach other entrepreneurs how to do it because, as we know, podcasting is a huge industry. And I think that radio could flourish. I don't think that radio is a thing of the past. I think that it's still the king of content right now. Uh, you know, I just have a different mindset, I suppose, when it comes to radio. And when I look at when you look at different radio stations in different markets, my goal is to bring my show into a market that may not have the opportunity to have the show or to have the knowledge around holistic health. And it's around bringing the community together, so bringing on local guests and help them influence their community as well. So if we get into more specifics, when when I go into a, a new area, it's it's my word, it's my name, which means a lot. So I go in looking for different businesses that I can partner with, businesses that I can bring on to 
to talk about their products and services, knowing that they're going to be a good fit for my audience. So that's that's going to be first and foremost. And then after that, we work on the things that I've put together myself. So I also advertise the health the health products and services that I offer as well. Yeah, that's fantastic. All right, so let's talk about one of those products, the Complete Truth Protein. Tell us what it is briefly, and then we'll talk about how you brought that to market. So the very basics of it is Complete Truth Protein is a whole food, plant-based protein supplement. And I mean, that's it. It's a gluten-free product. It's it's soy-free, dairy-free, GMO-free. It's it's a good quality whole food product that I feel that we're lacking on the market that that can improve our health. And when uh, we say that you developed it, what does that mean? Tell us about that process. <laughs> that process was, again, a whole lot of failure. It was me. You know, it, it really came from, I'm fortunate to have, when I started my fitness classes and I got into personal training, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in it. I've been in there. People have asking me questions. They're telling me what they dislike, what they like. So I thought, they said, what kind of product will you, can you recommend to me? And it, mm. And I, there was just it was just so difficult. I look at this, the horrible, toxic products that we put in our bodies for years, and I just thought I would never recommend that to a friend or a family or client. I just never would. And I thought I'm going to design my own. So I just went through. I just went through the process. I knew the ingredients from what I was taking for years. I wanted to cut out all the toxins. I wanted to cut out the chemicals, preservatives, everything that that our body should not be consuming. And I just went to work in the kitchen, and I started throwing all kinds of crazy concoctions together. I tried some pea protein or some chickpea protein to increase the protein content, and. Um, it was just a long process, and from there, it just kind of, I gave it to some clients, and we took it to a local health food store, you know, and from there, we just we just moved forward, went to trade shows, and I suppose at the peak of our, re- of our retail industry, uh, we were in 26 stores across Canada, so that was a success on its own. And where, where do you sell it now? Now, so I, I, I realized what happened was is I was cold calling, one of my least favorite things to do. I was putting together staff training. I was doing demos. We would do demos every weekend. And then you have to manage your you manage whoever you're working with. I mean, it was just something. I looked at my life and I, I would wake up in the morning and I would say, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go to work, and which is completely different because this is how I wake up. I wake up passionate and excited to do an interview or, or to to write a post about, you know, a different lifestyle tip that I can help with. And I just wasn't happy. I didn't want to do it. So I thought I got, I have to do something. I have to change my life. So what I did is I started taking the supplement off shelves and I started doing more direct sales. We started to, we amped up our website. We did more stuff with our membership site and we sell to local health food stores and local distributors that know about the product and are passionate about the product as well. What was it about that business that you were not enjoying? Oh, every, everything. <laughs> it was the, you know, it was really the, when you pick up a phone to call a health food store manager, usually there's about 50 other people trying to call the same day or at the same time. So they're always going through different people trying to sell their product to them, which was difficult. I just didn't want, I didn't want to be just another number. I didn't want to pick up a phone call and feel like I was just trying to make a sale to whoever I was talking to. That was difficult. And and at the same time, when you're starting out a business, you're not making a whole lot of money. So I still had my personal training. I was still running a fitness business. Meanwhile, all weekend, I was standing at a trade show. In the evenings, I might be driving three hours to wake up in the morning and do a 
do a market in the morning, whatever it was. And, you know, I was just, I just didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy almost anything about it. It seems like you must have also been feeling like I'm not a lot of work for very little impact on people with what I'm doing here. Certainly there was the impact of the benefits of people taking the supplement, but there was so much that wasn't about that that was part of running the business, it seems. Yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. It was kind of the back end. You know, it was the back end of all the business. I, I loved getting in, talking to people. I do. I did some presentations. We did smoothie presentations. And I loved answering questions and knowing that I was giving a good quality supplement or product to, you know, whoever's sitting across from me. But it, that that whole back end, that thing that, that us entrepreneurs, that, that our customers and fans, they don't know what it's like to, you know, wake up in the morning or, or drive. I remember one time I drove four hours to from where we're at it was it's called a town called medicine hat and i did a trade show there for about four hours then i drove four hours back <laughs> and i ran fitness classes and then you still had your social media promotion to put out that evening so and that was you know that wasn't an odd occurrence that was a regular occurrence at that time yeah yeah okay one last question on that in developing the product from the time you had the idea to the time it was on a shelf somewhere what was how long was that process Oh boy. Well, we, it was probably two years. I probably, I probably put it together and then uh, I, you know, we, I, I just sent it out to my, to my community, to my clients and maybe some, you know, family members. And it was a good year. And I think we all go through that same, someone's going to steal my idea. Someone's going to think it's not good enough, that fear of failure. And then, and then we started to get into some retail stores. And that's when I, I realized that, you know, we're going to, we're going to put it out there and whatever comes back, comes back. Yeah, quite a process. All right, I want to talk about the book similarly. You, is this the book you were alluding to that you started writing while you were finishing up your professional career as a baseball player? Yeah, that's the book. You, you bet. So how long did it take you to write it? What was your process for writing it? Did you write it all by yourself? Which which is, by the way, you know, a lot of people have people help them. There's no shame in that, obviously. But what was your process for writing the book? Well, the book first started out with my, it was really, again, my clients, they said, can I have a meal plan? And I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> because? You know? I said, no, well, because there's so many meal plans out there. I see. And because it's, most of them are, are cookie cutter type of programs. So it says here, eat this, eat this meal plan. You're going to lose 20 pounds and you're going to love your life forever. <laughs> and I mean, that's not the reality of it. It's, they usually put more marketing into a meal plan. Usually it's a bunch of food that we don't, you know, that we, that I would recommend not consuming. And if you want to, you're going to lose a bunch of weight, but then when you go back to your regular life, lifestyle, what are you stuck with? All right, so it came so, from that, and then how long did it take you to finish it? That was a good. It was a good year. It was a good year to, and that was I suppose six months was I was I was writing furiously because I thought every week it would be finished. And when I first started, I, I didn't. I never planned to be a book. Like I planned to be a ten day meal plan. To be honest with you, ten day turned into twenty one days. Then it went. Then it went to thirty days. Then I thought, well, if I'm giving them meals to eat. I have to, show, I have to give them recipes. And then after I wrote down recipes, I thought, well, what are they, how are they going to buy this food? So I wrote, a, then I wrote a grocery list. And from there, I just, it just got into a book about detox and toxins and all the things that we should stay away from to avoid toxins in our life. And then what kind of assistance did you get? Did you have someone edited? Uh, what was the publishing process like? That was, oh man, editing was such a struggle. There's always some little thing that you miss. And we had, we had a couple 
friends. We had three different people that would that would edit it for us. It, it, it's self-published, by the way. I should mention if I didn't. Um, so we had three different people uh, edit it, and we just kept going over and over again. We had num- numerous copies that went out. You know, the first time I had, I had I printed out 75 copies, and I was scared to death. Five <laughs> five would sell, and everyone asked me would ask me how many would sell. <laughs> And um, that for the first two weeks we sold out, wow. and it was, su- it was super exciting. And then that's when we started. I started to reach out to bookstores and did book signings and interviews on TV, and and it ended up being a bestseller in in a major city here in Calgary. That's fantastic. Did you think back then, and were you a good writer back then? You know what's funny is. I've been writing for years. I wrote when nobody read. <laughs> I started my, I started a blog. I didn't even know what Facebook was, but I started a blog and I had a few members. I took, I took all my, I had some, uh, during one of my off seasons earlier on in my career, I had a handful of clients and they wanted to follow me through my travels. So I would blog for them and I wasn't a very good writer. No, I don't think anyone really read it. Mm-hmm. And that was seven years ago. And I write on a consistent basis. I write every day. I write something every day on social media or a blog post or, or whatever it is. And people say to me, they're like, wow, they're like, you write well and you don't even try. Mm. <laughs> and, I, and I think, wait a second, I've been trying for years. Yeah. <laughs> this, this didn't happen overnight. Right, right. That's interesting. Good perspective. What, uh, if you think back of the whole writing the book process and getting it published, what, what stood out as a big lesson that you learned? Yeah, consistency. I think any anything in life is in, to be successful. It's going to be cons- be consistent and be persistent. And that that book we just went through so many ups and downs. We went through. I mean, the resources that we had to you know write down. It's a health book. We don't want to put resources for everything and proper information and and evidence. I suppose editing was a big one. I mean, it was just so like, I think that sometimes we think we sit down and we think I'm going to do this project and it's going to be, it's going to work out great. And it's the ups and downs that I got through. It's those days where my eyes were going a little blurry and my, and I, I I literally wore the, I wore the letters off my keyboard typing and it was just getting through those times that I didn't want to do it anymore. And I thought this is turning into a bigger project than I set out to do. And and I suppose getting through those times was what I, what I can most remember about. Yeah, that's fantastic. All right, let's talk about uh, a topic that you address a lot, obviously, in your show and working with clients, and that's stress and lifestyle detox. What, what do you mean by lifestyle detox? Well, when I say lifestyle detox, I think many times when, when we consider a detox, it's a three-day detox. I mean, most of us done, have done some kind of fast, or sorry, not fast, but we've done some kind of three-day cleanse, and, or we've done a juice cleanse, or, and I'm just not, I don't believe in those. I don't think that those do much at all, to be honest with you. And I think that when, well, my personal perspective is, is that we put our body through an enormous amount of shock when we go and do a, a short cleanse. And it's, I don't think it's resetting our system. I think it's putting more stress on our system. So if you look at sugar, for example, like our society is highly addicted to sugar and there's no two ways about it. Sugar is detrimental to our health. It's addictive and we crave it. That's the definition of a drug. So when we look at sugar, for example, and someone says, well, cut out all the sugar out of your diet, out of your life. Well, that puts a whole lot of shock, not only on our mind, not only on our body, but our mind as well. So 
for me, if you really want to see real changes in your life, if you want to see something sustainable that's going to improve and stick with you, it's going to be making small sustainable changes to cut out those toxins, to really have a lifestyle detox and look at everything from what's in your close environment to what the foods are you're putting in your body. Yeah, that's great advice. And sugar is definitely, it's it's what's killing us in this country, in the U.S. anyway, and worldwide for that matter. Um, stress, though, talk up to me about stress and stress reduction, especially from the perspective of a small business owner who's busy with everything that we're busy with as small business owners. Tips, advice, what, what do you do to manage stress? Um, well, the number one way to reduce stress is to exercise. And there's no, there's no question when you, when you exercise, when you get more active, you reduce stress. And those of us in the business world, you know, I know what it's like. We're here, we're in the trenches, we're getting through it each day. And there's always a new project. There's always something to, to work on. And by putting yourself last, you're not putting your customers first and you're not putting your business first. So by taking care of yourself, by finding ways to reduce stress, that's really going to make a big difference in your life. It's going to make a big difference in your business when you have mental clarity, when you get back from a workout and you feel stress-free and and you can see more clear. You can see more clear. We have more mental clarity as well when we find ways to reduce stress. And that's just not exercise. It's it's looking at what what other stresses are in your environment. So if you have an employee that's stressing you out all the time, it'd be a good idea to look for a new employee. <laughs> or if it's your boss, you know, there needs there needs to be a common ground that we need to find. And you know, stop hating your job while you're working on your project. Understand that that job right now is funding your side project that you're going to transition to later on in life. Yeah, very well put. I agree completely. And that's definitely what we do, as you said, as small business owners, is we don't, we put uh, ourselves last and certainly any kind of exercise last. And the way it works well for me is it's, it's part of what I schedule, just like anything else that I would schedule for the day. It takes this much priority and I make sure that I do have time for it. And that's, I think that's been one of the ways it's worked for me. That's a, a great, absolutely, one of my number one tips to how to get your workouts in in the day is to schedule it in. When we have a client, when we have any kind of board meeting, whatever it is, we, we stick to it because it's in our schedule. So schedule yourself in just like you would anyone else. Yeah. And I think there's also, there comes, I don't know if it's a generational thing, but there's also some of this where... We're almost embarrassed to say, no, no, I, at nine, I have a gym appointment. Almost like we have to apologize for that, right? Like that's not as important as this meeting or this customer that wants to talk to you. But it is. It's just as important as anything else you have scheduled that day. Yeah, I mean, I would say it's more important. I think that anytime you want to improve your health, you want to improve the lives of those around you, which it would include maybe your employees or coworkers. You have to take care of yourself first. And that's so difficult to explain to, you know, especially parents, for example, parents that own businesses. I mean, you take care of yourself first, which will give you more time. You'll have more energy to give to your children. You'll have more energy to work on projects. And, and, and by, again, by scheduling yourself in and not feeling bad or feeling sorry for, putting someone else last because I mean really what we're doing is by skipping our appointments by not getting our workouts in by missing lunch we're putting ourselves last and I, I think that's a mistake yeah well put drew what what drives you what's your personal why what why are you doing all of this 
my why is really to I get such a I get such a boost of energy of life when I can make changes in other people's lives and I think that those of us in the entrepreneur world that's why we start that's why we we know we can make a change in the world we know we can help improve lives in some way it doesn't have to be health it could be it could be some other product it could have something to do with a with a car for example but I think we're all looking to help in some way and for me personally it's just seeing someone's eyes light up when they you know, when they tell me a story about how well, how much energy they have or, or, you know, how their clothes are fitting or when someone sends me an email and they said, I love this topic of the show. Thank you so much for bringing it up and thanks for, you know, sharing it with us. That, that's what really, really, without a doubt, makes me wake up in the morning. Yeah, that's fantastic. All right. So tell us uh, more about uh, your business, the services you offer uh, that we haven't touched on. Uh, we talked about the book. Uh, I believe there's also a free download. So just tell us what we haven't touched on yet about your business and your offering to your clients. Well, the only thing that we didn't really talk about is our, our monthly membership. I suppose in my, you know, what we didn't talk about here is that I, I think it's important to have a vision and what you want to accomplish in, in your life and in business. And I was always working towards freedom, not only financial freedom, but I, I like to travel and it's important for me not to have a boss and, and tell me what to do all the time. I really wanted to, to be able to travel and set my own hours and wake up when I want. And transitioning my business into almost 100% online, it was a big step for me. And so what I did was I moved all my all my personal training clients, all my fitness class clients, basically all my following is I put them in a membership group and I said, this is what we're doing. This is how I'm moving forward. And I hope you'll come with me on this journey. So what we offer is is weekly workout programs. So these are all at home workout programs. Their workouts are 20 minutes or less. And we set those up. We set up your recovery days. We set up your workout days. Then we do nutrition as well. And that's a, that plays a big role in finding any any success in your health. So we do recipes, grocery shopping lists. We set your meal plan up for you for the entire week. Each week we send that out Friday evening. So you have the entire weekend to prepare. And then lastly, we have we put everyone in a, a private and supportive group. And for me personally, what I found what I found the most success was a supportive group, a proper fitness program, and a proper nutrition program. And that's how I found success with my clients. So we put everyone in a, a private group, and everyone's able to communicate with one, one another. They can ask questions. They can offer. We offer motivation, accountability. There's so many benefits to having a group like this of like-minded individuals that all want to live a healthy lifestyle. So that's, that's what we're doing with that. Yeah. It's, it's so exciting. And I've, I've seen others that are starting to do this. And again, as an example of a business, you would have never thought, Oh no, you can't take this away from the physical space, but, but yet you're doing it and doing it successfully. And in fact, the online platform provides some things that you wouldn't get out of going to a brick and mortar location. So it makes it even better in some regards. Uh, so it's fantastic. Yeah, you know what? I think sometimes we, if we could expand our vision, if we could expand our vision just a bit, we'd expand our scope of success. And every once in a while, I'll talk to someone that, you know, that, that doesn't understand the online world and, and is just brick and mortar. And I think that if you could open your vision just a bit and understand that there are other ways to bring in an income, there are other ways to uh, be successful in whatever business that you have. All we have to do is be a little resourceful and open our vision and we can be successful with whatever that is. Yeah, well said. The radio show, you do that remotely then when you're traveling or do you do seasons? How do you manage that when you're traveling? 
we do that. I have a program in my have a program in in my computer. I got a professional mic, and I have it send that over to my editor. Then we send that to the radio station, and they 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 throw it up on air. Okay, so you take that with you on the road wherever you go. Yeah, I do. I think that's cool. I, I think that's something that our my our fans and following enjoy because I talk about where I am. I'll do a show or I'll do an interview across the country or in a different country, and I just think that brings something else to what I'm doing. All right, and then there's a free download. Do you want to talk about that? There's a free download on your website. Did you want to mention that? Yeah, I actually wanted to offer that to you to for your for your listeners. However, you want to do that. That's let's offer you know a couple of free downloads to how sometimes we have we have the guests leave a comment on this blog post. Um, I just want to leave that available to however you want to do it. I'll offer some. Let's offer five free detoxify yourself ebooks for. Yeah, that's a great offer. And so what we'll do is we'll put a link on the show notes page for this episode and our listeners can go to the howofbusiness.com to find that. And there'll be a link there to get your free, there'll be a limited number of them of this book, Detoxify Yourself. So highly recommend it. And again, it'll be a link on the show notes page at the How of Business for this episode. And to find this episode, you just got to search for Drew Taddea and it's T-A-D-D-I-A and that episode will come up. So let's do it that way. That sounds fantastic. That sounds great. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks for, uh, thanks for that opportunity. Oh, our, our pleasure. Uh, speaking of books, other than your book, is there a book that you've read recently or in the past for that matter that you would recommend to our audience? I love this book here. I love to recommend it. I tell every entrepreneur that I talk to that they need to pick up the one thing, and that's by Gary Keller. And you're not going to be disappointed. And I picked it up one time, and I put it back down. I don't think I was ready for it. And then I picked it up. You know, I don't know if it was a year or a number of months later, but I picked it up again, and I probably read it four or five times. And it just talks about focusing on that one thing, you know, especially, especially entrepreneurs. We think that it's best to do 16 things at one time. <laughs> we we want to run four different businesses. We, we have all kinds of different ideas and products. But I think that, well, I know that once you focus on that one thing, once you figure that out, that your business is going to skyrocket and then you're going to find new avenues and it's incredible what happened when I did that. When I when I read this book, I learned about time blocking. I learned about being more efficient. And once I started to focus, you know, when you think about focusing on one thing, we feel like I know I understand what some of your listeners might be thinking is that we're we're making our success narrower. We're closing our vision. But when you focus on that one thing, I guarantee you that more doors are going to open for you. Very well put. Great uh, recommendation. I have not read it, but I need to because I suffer from that tremendously. But you mentioned something that really got my attention is time blocking. And that's kind of how I've been managing it. Because I, I, I don't want to give up. I have shiny object syndrome, so I don't want to give up all these things I have going. But it's a matter of concentrating for blocks, productive blocks of times on one thing at a time. Is that the way you interpret it? That's right. It, it's just really setting the time up to, I mean, we're so distracted. There's so many distractions and I don't think we all realize that once you, you're doing one thing and then once you go and do something else, when you come back, we're wasting time there. And if you just time block just for a moment, let's say for example, for me, for example, I usually don't open up my email box after 
eight o'clock unless I have you know an interview or I'm waiting on something but so I'll do I'll answer emails from maybe six to eight then shut that down knowing that there's gonna be a, a flood of emails coming in from nine to five after that you answer those emails and then you don't get it you don't get a response right away so then I'll time block from maybe five to six if, if that's what's in my schedule that day and then you're not living in your email box and you're not answering, you're not playing instant messenger or text message with your email because that's not what it was meant for. And, you know, by understanding that we can we can be more efficient and we can make more hours in the day, we can change our entire day and set it up for success. Yeah, fantastic advice. And we'll have that uh, a link to that book again on the show notes page at thehowofbusiness.com. All right, well, let's start to wrap this up. Drew, uh, last uh, piece of parting advice for our listeners. My advice is is to understand that there's there's going to be success in business. There's going to be failure in business. And if you know that going in, if you're if you're if you're ready for some type of failure, that that you can succeed. And I, and I truly believe a hundred percent in my heart that if if you if you want to go after something, then you can have it. I believe that we can have, do, and be whatever we want in this life. All we have to do is is push forward. We have to be a little resourceful, and we have to understand that both success and failure is going to come. And if we're able to handle both, then we can then we can be successful. Fantastic. And Drew, where can our listeners go to find out more about you and your business? My main website is trueformlife.com. And that's going to be, that's my hub. If you want to go right to my show, it's exploringmindandbody.com. But most of my information, my my Facebook, my Twitter, all those handles is going to be at True Form Life. So you're going to, that's the best way to find me. Uh, Drew, it's been really interesting chatting with you today. Uh, thanks for taking the time for being with us today and sharing your knowledge. It's my pleasure, Henry. Thank you so much. Thank you for what you're doing, for bringing these these topics up for not only your audience, but now my audience as well. And I so, so much appreciate those of you listeners that have tuned in and uh, really hope that you got a chance to learn from some of what I've been able to been successful with and some of my failures as well. Yeah, I believe they have. Thank you, Drew. All right, folks, this is Henry Lopez. Thanks for listening to this episode. And if you are listening to us on iTunes, we would welcome and thank you for subscribing to our show. And we look forward to having you join us on the next episode of The How of Business. Thank you for listening to The How of Business with David Begin and Henry Lopez. We hope you found practical ideas to help you start, manage, and grow your business. If you enjoyed this podcast, leave a comment on iTunes and go by levantebusinessgroup.com and learn more about Levante's resources to help you with your small business. Until next time, thanks for listening and go live your dreams.